Right. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Subis Daf Nun Hey. We'll also be uh, learning the first third of Nun Vav Medalif, which will be helpful for the coming couple of days. Over the coming few days, we do need to cover a little extra ground. I won't be here for Shabbos. So between tonight and the next couple of nights through and including Friday morning, we'll be able to do all of the Shabbos' blood as well. Let's get started. Four lines down on Daf Nun Hey Medalif. The Gemara reads, Itmar, there was a discussion among the Amorites. In regards to Ksubas Benin Dichrin, we spoke about Ksubas Benin Dichrin, which was a clause that was added to a regular Ksuba, that when a man took a new wife, uh, so we wanted to make sure that the father of that wife would give generously to the dowry without the concern that he would potentially lose the principle of the dowry with the death of his daughter, thereby letting, leaving everything with the husband. So Ksubas Benin Dichrin allows her to earmark the, the dowry to her son, should she have children with this new husband. In regards to that, says the Gemara, we have a, a discussion in Pumpadisa. The people from Pumpadisa, Amre, they said, Lo you're not allowed to connect Ksubas Benin Dichrin. You're not allowed to connect it from uh, properties that have been sold. <coughs> Why not? Because Yartunsnan, because we're speaking about a Yerusha. A Yerusha also can't be taken from properties that have been sold. B'nai Matamachasya argued, the people of Matamachasya, these were two bastions of Torah back in the day, uh, nearly 2,000 years ago. Amre, they said, Tarfa Mimeshabde, Nun Heyam and seven lines down. Tarfa Mimeshabde, you are allowed to, from the Kuchos Pez Yisbun Tanan, the language we have is a language of taking, and Rashi says it's a language of Balechov, as if you are owed something like anybody else. And uh, that's what the Gemara says is the Machlokas between the B'nai Matamachasya and the B'nai. Pumpadisa, uh, and how do we pass him? The Gemara says, uh, that we are not allowed to do that because Yartun Tanan, because the Ksubas Benin Dichrin is most similar to a Yerusha. That's the first machlokas between Pumpadisa and Matamachasya. Here's the second one. Metaltale, Rashi gives us a little bit more of the picture. I don't know how Rashi knows this because it doesn't say it in the Gemara. There are hints to it later, but still. Rashi on the very last short line of the Rashi's Dibur Hamaskel Metaltale. Rashi says, "What's the case?" That's our case. Is that a husband says, "I'm giving you these metaltalin in the form of payment for your ksuba." So let's go back in the Gemara. Metaltale. If a man uses these metaltalin, these are items without achrayas, without a lien on them, and he uses them to pay his wife for her ksuba. And they exist in front of us. It's not conceptual. It's not like owning stocks. It is literally gold coins sitting there in front of you. We know they're there. So says the Gemara there, she's allowed to take that below Shavuah. She does not need to make a Shavuah. What Shavuah might she make? She might have said, she might have uh, accidentally or, or on purpose taken from other properties other than this metaltalin for her Ksuba. Let's say she's a Basula and her Ksuba was 200 Zuz. And there's 200 zoos worth of gold coins in front of me. Do we need her to make a shvua when she takes the 200 zoos worth of gold coins to say, I also am guaranteeing I didn't take anything else from the husband? Yes or no? So the Gemara says, when the metatalin are be'enayhu, when they're right in front of us, it's below shvua. Less than who be'enayhu. However, if the gold coins that the husband had dedicated to use as payment for ksuba are not in front of her, then we enter a machlokas between the b'nei pumpadisa and the b'nei matamachasim. We still trust her that she did not take any other property. 
and that really she's uh, eligible to take all 200 zoos worth of the gold coins. They said she does need to make a shvua because the coins aren't in front of us. We don't know if maybe she took some of the coins and therefore she has to make a shvua. How do we paskin? One third of the way down on Nunhei the Gemara says the way we paskin is below shvua. All right, very good. Next case, we're a third of the way down, a little bit more on Nunhei Aleph. The Gemara says, Let's say that a husband says, I'm giving you this property at this address. Here are the four borders, northwest, east, east and south. This is the property, all four borders, below Shavua. What about Bechad Metzra? What if he only defined for her one of the four borders? That's a machlokas, Pumpadisa, and Matzimachasim. Halfway down on Nunhei Aleph, Pumpadisoi Amre below Shavua. No need to make a shvua. We trust that she's going to take the right property. They require her to make a shvua. What's the halacha below shvua? She does not need to make a shvua in this case. Next case. I would like you to write it, and I'd like you to sign it, and I'd like you to give it to her. Says the Gemara, if a kinyan was made, just like a chassan might do at his chuppah, where he makes a kinyan indicating that the contents of the ksuba are things that he's obligated to do and he's taking upon himself. Let's say they made the same kinyan. If kanumine lo then they don't have to re-ask the question Bashaito. We know what he said. We made a kinyan. We are now his representatives. We're all well and good. But lo kanumine, if no kinyan was made at the time that the husband said, I'd like you to give this and that to this woman with a signature, that's a machlokas pumpadisa and matamachasya. Says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom. We don't need to ask any more questions. We know exactly what's going on, even if there's no Kenyan. They said, no. We always need to refresh and re-dialogue with the, with the husband. In this case, that we need to discuss this with her. So these are four cases that we just discussed as machlokos between Matamachasya and Pumpadisa. Now, seven lines from the bottom, we're quoting a section from our mission, Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria. If you look back on the previous Amud, at the first Mishnah in the Perek, and you look um, a little bit more than, where is it? You look in the, in the first half of the Mishnah, five lines into the Perek, it says, Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria says that when there's a Tosefes Ksuba, he says that only Min Hanesuin can she collect the Tosefes Ksuba. So let's say that um, I'm the husband, and uh, I give my wife, uh, 200 Zeus Ksuba, and I add, because I love her so much, an extra 500 Zeus. My Tosefes Ksuba is an extra 500. So then there's some, <laughs> something happened after Arison, and we decided to break things off. So does she get the Ksuba and the Tosefes Ksuba, 200 plus 500, or does she just get the 200? Belazar ben Azariah says the Tosefes Ksuba only applies after full marriage, not after Arison. That's not enough. So that's the dinner of Belazar ben Azariah. Contract, after the first stage of marriage, I have to give the basic of the ksuba, 200 or 100, the sula ba'ula, respectively. But the tosefes ksuba, the extra 500, I don't have to give if we separate after erosin, only if we separate after marriage, nisuin. So there the Gemara says, how do we paskin? Says the Gemara, itmar, the Amorim discussed this sheet of Rebbe Lazar ben Azari. Rav the Rav Nasan. Rav the Rav Nasan, these uh, very early Amorim. And the Gemara says as follows. 
One of them says, we pass in like Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria. And what that means is that the Tosefes Ksuba will not be paid out if the marriage is severed after Erisin, but before Nesuin. The Chad Amar, ain't halachic Rebbe Lazar ben Azaria. Some say, no, that's not correct. Really, she still gets the Tosefes Ksuba, even though they broke off their marriage after Erisin and before Nesuin. Who holds like who? Who holds like the either Shita between Rav and Rav Nosan? The Gemara says, Tistayim, it's logical to conclude the Reb Nosan Huda Amar Halacha Kerbalazar Ben Azaria. It's logical to assume that Reb Nosan was the one who says that we hold like Kerbalazar Ben Azaria. Why would we say that? Because, says the Gemara, Reb Nosan holds of an umdana. An umdana is in Halacha is when I make an assumption about an unknown feature about something that you did. This husband did not specify when the Tosefes Ksuba should apply, after Erisin or only after Nisun. We don't know. What did Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah do in our Mishnah? He went into the person's brain and said he must have meant that the only time a Tosefes Ksuba is given is after Nisun and not before. He must have meant that. That's an umdana. We're not even sure that that's what the husband meant. But because we don't know, we have to fall back on an assumption. The most reasonable assumption, says Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, is I'm going to make an umdana. My assumption is that the husband was only willing to go all in with this extra Tosefes Ksuba after they're fully married because he wants to live, he wants to be married to her. So therefore, I'm going to make an umdana, says Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that if a husband divorces his wife right after Erisin and before Nesuin, she does not get the Tosefes Ksuba. It's an umdana. And Rib Nasan also makes an umdana. And therefore, we're aligning their sheetas. Where is Reb Nassan's umdana? To Amar Reb Nassan, last line, halacha kirab shimon shizuri v'mesukan. We need a Rashi on the bottom page here, on the bottom of the page. What is the case of mesukan? So the last Rashi on the page, on Nunheim and Aleph, about 10 lines from the bottom, dibur hamasla v'mesukan. Rashi says, v'maseches gittin, ha'mefaresh v'hayotze v'shayara. A man is going out on the on the path. V'omer kisu get le'ishti. He says, write my wife again. Says Rashi, Even though he didn't say, give her the get, we still write it and give it. What is this called? An umdana. We're assuming that that's what he wanted. It's a reasonably logical conclusion. So just like Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah and our Mishnah made an assumption in Umdana that there's no way the husband would want her to have a Tosefes Ksuba after Erisin if they divorce, only after Nisuin. Reb Nassan does the same thing by the Misukan, by the man who's ill or going out of town. And he says, write my wife again. He forgets to say to give it to her. We assume he wanted to give it to her and we give it to her. That's an Umdana also. So therefore, between Rav and Reb Nassan, the Gemara says it's reasonable to assume that Rav Nassan is the one who holds the Kribal Lazar ben Azariah. And as well, as where we turn to the top of Nunheim with Bez, there's another case where Rav Nassan holds of, uh, of Umdana, Ubatrumas Meiser Shel Damai. Rashi has Be'arichutz, what's going on here. We're not going to discuss this. It's really a side point here. We're not going to discuss it now. But there is a particular case of Trumas Meiser, which was Damai. We had an element of Safeg. Do we make an Umdana? Do we not make an Umdana? Ayin Shem Rashi. So that's the Gemara's um, standing assumption, is that just like Rebbe Lozer ben Azariah has an umdana, Reb Nassan does too. So Reb Nassan must be the one who holds like Rebbe Lozer ben Azariah. Says the Gemara on the top line, wait one second. We had a machlokas between Rav and Reb Nassan. And you're saying that Reb Nassan holds of umdana just like Rebbe Lozer ben Azariah. Asks the Gemara, the Rav lo azil basar umdana. 
Rav throughout all of Shas won't go into the person's brain and make an assumption on his behalf? No way. How do we know that that's not true? Let's take a look at this case. We have a case that was brought up in the Amoraim. We have a gift from a Shiv Kenyan. It's written about the fact that there would be a Kenyan. Now, we don't know how far we should go with the Shiv We're willing to give a little more rope because he's not well. And we know he has his mental faculties, but he's, he's tired. He can't say all the words. How far do we go? So says the Gemara, Rav, Rav, in the base Medrash of Rav and in the name of Rav, what did they say? They said a cryptic line. We're going to explain it in a couple of minutes. Amre, they said, It's like you're riding two horses at the same time. We'll see what that means in a moment. Shmuel argues and says, Shmuel Amar, I don't know how to, how to judge this case. If you're going to make me be the judge, I, I don't know what to say in this case. What did each of their sheets mean in regards to this case of the Mana Shriv Meirav? So says the Gemara, four or five lines down. What does it mean that he's riding on two horses? It means that the Matna Shriv is functioning on two levels. Level number one, bari. on the one hand, the Matana that the Shriv that the person who was about to die, the gift that he gave, on the one hand, it's as if he's healthy in the following way. He can't go back on the gift that he gave as a shriv He's on his deathbed, near-death experience. Right before he is about to die, he says, give over this gift. So the Gemara says, not only is the gift chal, not only is the gift as a transaction work, but even if he magically, miraculously heals, he's not allowed to go back on that gift. So on the one hand, this guy is like a bari. And at the same time, it's also like a regular gift of a person who's ill in the following way. If he said, I actually owed money to Ploni, then then monies that he wants to give can be given back in the circuitous way. Doesn't have to first come to him and then go to the other person. It can go, let's say person A owes him money and he owes person B. A can just give straight to B, circumventing the need to go through the Shri Meirah. And that's a unique din. What was Shmuel's din? Shmuel Amar, lo yadana yidun Why does Shmuel not know how to adjudicate here? Shema lo gamar star. Because maybe the only way this Kenyan would work is if it's expressly written in a star and we, it hasn't been done yet. So Shmuel doesn't know how to get into the head of the Shri Meirah. Rav has no problem. What's Rav doing? He's making an umdina. Well, look at the top line. Rav doesn't hold like an umdina. Yes, he does. Of course, Rav holds like an umdina. We have umdinas on almost every page of Shas. We go into people's heads all the time in regards to answering Shilohs. That just happens. We don't always have all the information. We have to answer tachlis. We have to give up sock. Of course, Rav holds of umdina. So says the Gemara. Let's finish up this last sheet. So that was Shmuel. But the point of our Gemara here is that, of course, Rav holds of Umdina. Therefore, as we turn to the top of Nunvav and Aleph, the Gemara explains as follows. Ella, you're right. Tarvaihu, Rashi adds, Rav v'Rebi Nasa. Both of these Amorayim, they both agree to the principle of Umdina. They don't all both agree to Rebelazar ben Azariah, but they both agree to the principle of Umdina. And here's how they explain things. Manda Amar Halacha. According to the one who holds like Rebbe Lazar ben Azariah, that we make an umdina, an assumption on behalf of the 
of the husband that he only intended for Tosefes Suba to be implemented after Nisuin, but not if the marriage ends after Eresin. Allah Shabbat, that we understand that sheet to That makes perfect sense. Now, what about the Mandama who says, Ain Halacha? According to the one who says, Ain Halacha, Kribalazar Ben Azariah, why did they say the Halacha is not like Kribalazar Ben Azariah? If we hold of Umdana, then how can you say that we don't hold like Kribalazar Ben Azariah? That was an Umdana. He made the assertion that we didn't think the Baal would want there to be a full Tosevis Tua, even if they, divorce, if they divorced only after Eresin. So the Gemara says, Hacha Mai Umdan Daitahu. What was the Umdana here? <coughs> Maybe we'll assume. Maybe the reason why he's giving such a large Tosefis Ksuba is to endear his fiance to him. I want to show you how much I love you. It's the whole Chakira. You give a big rock when you get engaged. Broken engagement. Does she give the ring back? What's the Gemara saying here? I'm giving her a massive gift even now. Even if we were to divorce after Arison, it's hers. Why? Because I want to make her feel special. That's what the Gemara says. Mishumi Kruve uh, who? And it worked. They're engaged now. He has shown her his love by adding a Tosefis Ksuba. And therefore, he says against Rebelezer ben Azariah that we would pay a Tosefis Ksuba even if after a divorce right after Eresin. And that's the machlokas between them. It's not about whether or not we hold of Umdana. Even Rab is going to hold of Umdana. The only question is which Umdana do we hold like? Okay, that's what the discussion is about. How do we pass in the Maisa between Rebelezer ben Azariah? Do we hold like him? Let me say the question out expressly. When it comes to Tosefes Ksuba, the man uh, has a regular Ksuba at 200, she's a Basula. He says, I love her so much, I'm adding into the Ksuba an extra 500 Tosefes Ksuba. They get engaged halachically. I read Mikudeshisly on January 1st, Aleph Tishrei. Five days later, big blowout, hates the mother-in-law, we're getting divorced. What happens to the with the 500? Do we pass in like Rebelezer ben Azariah? That the 500 only applies after Nisuin, or do we paskin like Rebelazar ben Azar, or do we not paskin not like Rebelazar ben Azaria, and she even gets the Tosefes Suba after a divorce, even after Arison? So Yasi Rav Chanina, they were sitting and talking and learning. They call ben Azaria, and he says, That's how I paskin, I paskin like Rebelazar ben Azaria. Says the Gemara, Amar Le, poke kri karachalibra, go read your verses out in the street. Ain halacha Rebelazar ben Azaria, what are you talking about? Go read with the people who are the boors, the uneducated people. We don't pass in like Rebelezer ben Azariah. Rabbeinu is Rav. Halacha Rebelezer ben Azariah, which is fascinating, by the way. If Rav said that the halacha is like Rebelezer ben Azariah, that means that our assumption that Rav Nassan was like Rebelezer ben Azariah is wrong, which was just a side point. But either way, in the name of Rabbeinu, we hold like Rebelezer ben Azariah. Amr Rav Nachman, Amr Shmuel, Rebelezer ben Azariah. Another Amr holds the same way. But for Rav Nachman Diday, much as he quoted in the name of his Rebbe, he himself held Amar Ein Halacha Kribalazar Ben Azariah. In Naharda, how did they hold? In Naharda, Mishmed Rav Nachman Amre Halacha Kribalazar Ben Azariah. The Afal Gav, the Lot Rav Nachman, even though Rav Nachman gave a curse, the Amar called Daino Dedoin Kribalazar Ben Azariah. <coughs> Any judge who passes like Kribalazar Ben Azariah, Hachi Vahacha Tehave, you should have these consequences upon you. Even so, Afilu Hachi. A very uncommon phrase in Shas, a very common phrase in our parlance. How do we paskin halacha lemaisa? Here the Gemara uses the phrase itself directly. Halacha lemaisa, what do we do? That means that Ladina, how would we paskin if we were poskim and we looked at this Gemara? We'd say a man gets engaged on Aleph Tishrei with the following Suba 200 because she's a Basula. What? 
What's not likely? Aleph Tishrei? That's probably true. Let's go Gimel. Let's go Gimel. Aleph uh, Nisan. How about that? <laughs> you guys are so from. So what would be the din if they get to, get get divorced right after the chuppah? Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah Paskins with based on an umdina, we go with the husband's presumed assumption that he only meant for the Tosefes Suba to apply after Nisuin and not after Kiddushin. One more sugya, one more third of the page. We're still doing good, no? Oh, it's very early. Look, it's great that you guys discussed the Tosefes Suba. And I understand we Paskin like Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah that we say that it's only after Nisuin. But where is the line in the sand for Nisuin? Is the line in the sand for Nisuin Nichnasalachupa standing under the canopy? Or do we say only after Bia? What is considered to be marriage as it relates to giving out the Tosefis? To find me passing like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, got it. But within Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, what is the line in the sand for married versus not married? Do we say Chibas Chupa Kone? He's so excited to get married. We stand under a chuppah. You watch the face glowing of the chassan standing with his kala. Beautiful. Great. They're married. And therefore, if they get divorced right then, the halacha is they still get the tosefes ksuba. Or no, maybe says the Gemara, oh, chibas biakona. No, only after there's tashmish. I mean, these are nafkaminas in regards to covering one's hair. We've discussed this before about the, uh, the mitzvah for a woman to cover her hair. So this chakira is a piece of that as well. Do we say that they're fully, fully, fully married as it relates to uh, covering your hair before Bia or not? She's not married because most women don't cover their hair under the chuppah. So that seems to be based on this takira. Toshma, let's see if we can find an answer. Third of the way down, five lines before the wide lines. The Tani Rav Yosef, It applies to the chivas laila harishon. How do we understand that phrase? Is chibas laila harishon the wedding? Is it a reference to the chuppah or a reference to bia? If you want to say that this line of Rav Yosef quoting a brisa is talking about a chuppah, and really Rabbi Lazar ben Azar, you would say the line in the sand for Nisuin is chuppah. laila harishon. I understand that's why we use the language of laila harishon. If you want to say that Rabbi Yosef's intent was to speak about bia. Not everyone has Tash right away. Some people aren't able to physically, too much discomfort. It's a whole host of reasons. But that's why Postkim, who are the Masajri Kedushin, have to keep their phone on. And this happens regularly, where people on the first night have real Shilas and Halacha. They've tried to have Tash They're not sure if they consummated the marriage. If they did, then she's a Nidamidarabon. And if not, then they have to try again. Nishpashim. These require. Uh, big shoulders, and they should be calling big rabban. So says the Gemara, they can have Tash Mishimita the next day, and therefore Laila Rishon must be talking about Chuppah. Says the Gemara, Belamai Chuppah. You want to say the Rav Yosef meant we we're talking about Chuppah? No way. Chuppah Belaila Isa be a Mama Lessa. You can't get married during the day either. What does that mean? Laila is Labdafka. Laila doesn't mean Chuppah. Says the Gemara, Tamech, be a Belaila Isa be a Mama Lessa. Can't be Bia either. We don't know what Rav Yosef meant because it could be either one. <coughs> Says the Gemara, after all, we know that there is Tash Mishamita during the day under specific circumstances because Ha'amar Rava, two lines into the wide lines, Ha'amar Rava, that if there was a pressing need for a couple to be Mishamish Mitasim during the day, so as long as there was a bias Afel, it was a darker house, 
that it's mutter for there to be Tashmish Amita. So we see that, that, that it's mutter for there to be Tashmish during the day. The Haraya, that Tashmish can be Lila or Yom. So maybe Rav Yosef, we don't know what he means. Maybe he didn't mean Tashmish Amita. Says the Gemara Holokasha, or Arach Kamash Molon, the Biyab Lila. It's just the way, it's the normal way things are. It's Orach Ara. That's the right way. It's the normal way Tashmish Amita should be at night. Says the Gemara, so we can understand that maybe he's talking about Biyab, but Chupah. How do we understand that? Says the Gemara, Chupa nami lo kasha. Really, the chupa is what enables the couple to have tashmashamita. So we really don't know. <coughs> we have two perfectly viable ways to understand Rav Yosef. It either could be talking about chupa or it could be talking about bia. We don't know. And on the same line, by Ravashi, and with this question and its very brief answer, we will end. Ravashi says, Oh, Let's say, as it relates to Tosefis Ksuba, they get married on, we'll go with uh, David's Machbed. I know you're so thrilled. It's going to be Gimel Tishrei. They get married on Gimel Tishrei, and they get married at, at 8 p.m. at night. I read Mikudeshesli, all the brachas under the chuppah, and they go into the Yichud room. They come out for dancing, and at, right at the end of dancing, and before they're together, she's Poreses neither she becomes a Nida. Now they're not even allowed to be together, even conceptually. What's the din? If they get divorced right then, what about the Tosefis Ksuba? Most deeply, where's the line in the sand for where Nesuin is finally chal as it relates to, to the uh, Tosefis Ksuba? Says the Gemara, If you want to say it's all about the Chuppah, maybe I'd argue it's only a Chuppah that could lead to Bia. But maybe I would argue that if the chuppah cannot lead to bia, as would be the case in a chuppah snida, so therefore you're not really fully married. <coughs> or perhaps there's no difference, and really we would consider this to be a chuppah. So for both of these questions, the question of whether or not chuppah alone versus bia would be the threshold, and then by extension, the second question of chuppah that is a chuppah snida, where would we draw the line for Tosefes Ksuba? The Gemara says, Teku, we do not know. Tomorrow night, Amir Tashem will pick up right here, two-thirds of the way down on Nubava Medalev, wishing you all a beautiful night.